0: This is this is this is the Bottom Bins podcast. Oh yeah!
1: Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins podcast. I'm Connor. Joined in the studio today by Connor. Hello Connor. And Oren. Hello everybody. How's things, guys? All good, man. All, all good. good. How, How about, about you? you? Yeah, coming towards that that end of the Premier League season. Um, can't believe that we have only one more game week to go. So one more after this episode, only one more episode of mm-hmm. Premier League coverage for the bottom bins and for this season. Yeah, as a whole, I'd say this first season is—I think it's been quite successful. To be honest, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Uh, well, look, we'll we'll just start um, with the game week, and I think the, the the best team to start with really is Manchester City, crowned champions of the Premier League five times in six years. Um, look, Kyle, uh, t- just an open question to all of lads. Are we looking at another five or six years of dominance from Manchester City?
0: Mm, if they continue to cheat, yeah, then a hundred percent we are. Um, you don't have a hundred and fifty-five breaches of Premier League rules, and um, deem that as your success. To be honest, look, fair play to them. They have a good team that they've won. They've won the league comfortably. Uh, for the majority of, of the times that they have won the league but um, yeah uh, to be honest I think that their league title wins will always be tainted by these breaches um, unless they get fully cleared which look 155 breaches they shouldn't but you know what football's like these days as well and I'm, to be honest I'm actually not trying to take it away from their sporting achievements because the players have been fantastic for Manchester City they've dominated Premier League football look even in terms of European football, they're always getting to the final knockout stages of the Champions League as well. So I'm not trying to knock the players and their successes, but um, look, at it it is very evident that the club hasn't went about it the right way. Um, but yeah, five, five, uh, five Premier Leagues in six years. Um, hopefully it's not going to be another five to six years of dominance like like the this past spell. But who knows.
1: Who yeah. knows? There's going to be more money in football. There's going to be more money at Manchester City. So who knows? Yeah, that's true. That's true. It is. It, I think obviously all the allegations. It is sort of like a black mark against them, and it does taint the success that they've had to a certain extent. But I mean, taking aside the financial fair play element of it, they are still by far the best team in the Premier League. And yes, I understand what you're saying. You know, they have spent big to get to that. That stage, but look, they are coached by arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest coach of all time. Um, The the players that they have at their disposal are ridiculous, and the run that they've put themselves on, really, from their last defeat to Tottenham, they're just a winning machine. They just win football matches. If we take the game against Chelsea here that they had at the weekend, you know, it was actually fairly tight. I think XG had it at one point zero eight to one point zero six six. So, like Chelsea were just or Chelsea were just behind City in in terms of that you know that XG and they did have chances to get back into the game. But I think a player that I would like to talk about especially is Julian Alvarez. Um, seventeen goals for Manchester City this season in in all competitions, and he is the backup striker. Mm-hmm. I think I seen a debate there on Twitter, and I'm just interested to get to get your your take on it, guys. Um, a lot of people saying you know. Look, he's a backup striker that scored seventeen goals. He is good enough in his own right to start for majority of clubs in the Premier League. So, really, you know how how long is it before you know we have another Gabi Jesus situation where the sub striker needs more minutes and needs to be playing football?
0: Depends. Like Julian Alvarez can play all across that front three. Um, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if he left this summer. I see Bayern Munich are sniffing about him. Um, so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he left this summer. But in terms of the match itself, City played their B team. It just shows how bad Chelsea are. Mm-hmm. City literally yeah. played the kids. Um, they played Calvin Phillips, who was first ever Premier League start for Manchester City. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, like they played their B team. It just shows how bad Chelsea are and, and how bad it's it's been under Frank Lampard, considering the amount of money they've spent and all under previous managers too. Um, but yeah, Julian Alvarez, he's a quality, quality player. Um, I mean, Jones are actually making. Um, the prediction beforehand, before the season started, and before, um, Holland had actually signed, he said if if City ha- signed Holland, that Julian Alvarez would be a better striker, um, for years to come. And look, it's not out of the realms of possibility. Like, obviously, Holland is an absolute machine, but Julian Alvarez is going to be a world-class talent. And I said you what a week ago. I said if Manchester uh, if Manchester City were to sell Julian Alvarez and he went to Barcelona, he could put up like not messy numbers at Barcelona, but messy numbers at PSG. He could he could. Literally be their regen, Messi.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I've seen like he started 12 games and he's had 15 goal involvements. They got some going. Um, he's coming off the bench. He's always making an impact. Any game he started or played, he has been brilliant. Uh, he's going to have to leave because Haaland is a machine. Haaland has 52 goals in all competitions. The question is could Alvarez do that? If he was starting every game, I think he could as well. I agree. he said he do create a lot of chances because Haaland has been so good this season. But seeing the stat, uh, he has the most big. Chance misses in the Premier League history in one season. It was like 25 or something. God. Yeah, he does miss a lot of chances. So, City are obviously a, a great team and five and six years. And as you said, like Pep, I think, is one of the greatest coaches. He's changed the Premier League to have obviously these breaches. And Pep's coming out saying, you know, he wants that away. He wants, you know, obviously because it is a bit of a it's tainting their title run. But I think City are the best team in Europe at the minute. I think there's no real question about that. I think they're going to beat Inter in the final. They destroyed Real Madrid. They should have beat them last year. Um, but yeah, with Alvarez, he's just uh, barren anywhere. I I would take him at United, but obviously oh, he's not going to gonna go there. But <coughs> it just shows like the recruitment as well. Like City obviously have you know these charges against them, but their recruitment has been very very good recently. Mm-hmm. Um, They've positioned like two players in every position. They can make nine changes and. Dominate the game, so you know they're a better team than like that's Chelsea's A team. Chelsea spent six hundred million and they're still getting destroyed by, by, by the seven. B team. Yeah. So that just says that you know. And with Chelsea, we'll probably talk about them a wee bit, but I'd be very worried about Chelsea. Yeah, you know because
1: they got played off the park by their B team. It's it's having a worrying time at Chelsea, no yeah. doubt about it. But like the the thing we're always going to come back to this season, especially about Chelsea. Is six hundred million spent. Yeah. Yeah. It it's the overriding figure that's gonna have to be talked about when we speak about Chelsea's 2022 2023 campaign. For six hundred million to have been spent and to be as unsuccessful as they have been this year. And like we're talking about six hundred million on good footballers. It's not as if every player that they've signed is shite because that's not how it's been. Like yeah. they have Joe Felix. They're probably going to get him in the summer. I keep yeah. saying those, like, he wants to stay at Chelsea. Yeah, he said last night he did. Yeah, like they spent a hundred million on Mudrik. They have Enzo Fernandez. Mudrik well. being called out by Joey Swol. By as Joey well. Swole, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Just don't post uh, videos of people's <laughs> ass crack in the gym. And, yeah. You won't get called out you by Joey Swole. Out. Exactly. Simple as that. <laughs> um, but it, it has just been a tremendously poor season for Chelsea, yeah. and. The turnover in managers, you know, when the new ownership come in, you really thought maybe the, the model was going to change at Chelsea. That has not changed. No. We're, we're basically looking at the American version of Abramovich at the minute in, in Todd Bowley. Um, per season from, from, from Chelsea, per on the pitch against Man City. And they're really going to struggle, I think, next the, season as well. Like
2: The 15 losses this year, and like Lampard's coming out after the game saying we deserve to draw quitted ourselves well you know is that really like where Chelsea are at the minute that's how low they are yeah. that they're playing City's B team and they're saying oh we should have got a draw I think that
0: shows his priorities as a manager yeah. as well he's, just, he's, he would never criticise his own team no and he needs to but he's not he's not a good enough manager and no Sack no. and Potter didn't make a difference
1: so especially when he is only there on a the temporary basis as well you but, know if anybody yeah. could could see what's going on and call it out and maybe just let the fans know what's going on he has the ability to do that. Yeah. Look,
0: Chelsea have been the catalyst of their own downfall. And that's going to creep into the next few seasons as well when they've got this huge, huge wage bill. This massive, massive roster of players mm-hmm. that they need to trim down. And I'm not being funny, don't get me wrong. Yes, it's all well and good. You play for Chelsea. Massive club, one of the biggest clubs ever. However, a lot of these players who are on their wage bill might actually struggle to find another club, uh, Willing to give a transfer fee or willing to give the same wages they're maybe on at Chelsea um, because Chelsea are going in no direction at the minute if, if this season's ending to go off. So yeah. I don't know, they're going to struggle but this summer as that,
2: well. That's a problem, as you say. Like teams are going to know they're looking to sell, so they'll not sell. You know, they'll not get as much money as they want. And also, as you said, players are on big contracts on big money, so yeah. they're not going to want to leave. So it's going to have to be loan deals. It's just a nightmare yeah. for Pach as well coming in there. Just good luck to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's going to need it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not, not
2: a great start, no. really, already. The only thing is, they've been so bad this season. Even winning a few games next year, it'll probably like be like oh, positive. Much yeah, better. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, look, moving on from, from the champions to the team who will, will finish second in, in the Premier League in Arsenal. Another defeat. Um, I have to give a bit of credit to Gary Neville, um, to be honest. Uh, he was the one that called this. And he actually said that Arsenal once they lost the game to City that they would just consistently drop points mm-hmm. and they're consistently dropping points now. Um, so, look, XG had it 0.6 to 0.6. It was a fairly even game of football, but the the, absolutely, the stat that blows my mind about this game is Arsenal 82% possession, not an enforced 18% possession. Did
2: you see it's the lowest ever to get a win? in the? Or no, it's, since 2003 it's the lowest to
0: get a win, 18%? In, in, in the, the Premier League game. Mm. I guess crazy but well, they had like three shots in the second half Arsenal despite having yeah. like 80% possession in the second no, half oh that was dreadful well, it was it, awful
1: it was only two shots on target for Forrest and three shots on target for yeah, Arsenal yeah. it was a very bland and boring game of football and but look, Forrest grinded out the result, and the, that result keeps him in the Premier League mm-hmm. next season. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you would have to say... Good one, Dorman. <laughs> <laughs> my fault, you know. I think we've all got predictions wrong. Yeah, yeah so. we we'll have to be fair. Well, look, ultimately, you would now have to look at it and say, Steve Cooper's done a good job. Yeah,
0: Definitely. absolutely, absolutely. Um, but to be fair, if you're saying 30 old players, you'd like to hope at least 11 of them's going to do all right. Um, but Tywin Awanye or whatever you call him Awanye or something whatever he's called um, sorry Tywin <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah he's he's been brilliant in the last couple of weeks um, I'm not going to say it was an absolutely fantastic finish against Arsenal because it was Aaron Romsteel kicked the ball against him but look they all count and probably the biggest goal in Nottingham Forest recent history
1: it has Definitely. to be. Yeah. yeah, it's the the goal that, that keeps them in the Premier League. Um, I agree with you completely. Uh, Awonemi has been phenomenal these last few weeks. He, he does look like the player that they wanted to mm. sign. I think really, um, just just um, I have my stats up here. The player that was involved in the most um, sort of attacking sequences in the game was actually Gabriel Jesus. He had four shots and one chance creation. He was he was involved in five. Um, I think, and like that's 90 minutes played there. From Jesus' comeback, I, I think there has been maybe underperformances with him. He scored 10 goals last season in the Premier League. He's only got 10 goals again this season. Look, I don't want to stir up a narrative that he's been bad this year because I don't think that is the case. Obviously, he missed a big chunk of the season through injury, but I, I think from his comeback from injury, we maybe haven't seen the same Gabriel Jesus pre the World Cup. Compared to Gabriel Jesus now post the World Cup. I
2: think about Jesus. It's always been his finishing's always let him down. Mm-hmm. He is a good all-round player. He can hold the ball up well. He can get others into play, but it's just his finishing has been pretty slaggy, He should have had a penalty um, in the I think it was the second half to probably pull him back. But uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I just think you know Arsenal. I seen Arteta said after the game if they played for another three hours. They wouldn't have scored. Mm-hmm. Just didn't create enough. The goal came off an Odegaard mistake, which is rare. Um, And then obviously their striker forced a striker five goals in three games. And they've got seven points from their last three games. Mm -hmm, And it's kept them up. And you've got to give Steve Cooper credit. You have to give the owner credit because he came out after the game and he said he backed his man. He could have sacked him at different stages. They were in trouble. Yeah. So you have to give the credit there because he basically said every other team in that relegation zone. I think only five teams in the Premier League haven't sacked their manager this year. Yeah. So every other team in that relegation zone has changed their (laughs) manager. And as we've seen... It, it doesn't always make a good difference. It can just it can make no difference, which it has in other teams. So sticking with Steve Cooper and like some players have stepped up. But with Ortega the team was really weird as well. I seen like Party was playing right back. They had the the new centre back and left back. Mm. I don't know how to say his name. As a Watch yeah. yeah. And then Ben White was back and centre back. Like he did try and change things because we 'cause we'd kinda of say he does the same thing every time. But like, you know, they dictated the play, but they d- didn't create it enough and for Arsenal it's football is good, but they had a great chance they were leading the league for 30 games. They have as much losses in their last five games as they did in their first 32. So, they've just, as Gary Neville predicted, they've just completely fallen. Once they lost to City, they just gave up, basically. They just knew it was over. I think it was the Southampton game as well. I thought, after that game, we said it as well, Like they were just dejected. It was as if it's over. And that was even before the City game. Yeah, And then they went and got beat 4-0, so... You know, they need more experience in their team. They're one of the youngest teams in the Premier League. But it has been a good season, but they've missed a good chance. Because I know they will recruit in the summer and get better. But City are going to get better. A lot of these other teams are going to get better. Mm -hmm. So,
1: for Arsenal, it is disappointment in the end. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I mean, really what you're looking at, I think with Arsenal especially, is, like, notice what City do. And and look, I I know it's hard for other teams because they don't have the same financial means that Man City do. But... Even Arsenal's like rotation players, you would look at them and say they didn't get enough minutes this season. You know, there was no replacement on the right wing for Saka. And now you're seeing the worst of Saka at the minute because he's just he's out on his feet. He's, he's wrecked. There's no real replacement for Odegaard. Like that guy Fabio Vieira, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be the answer. He's been quite disappointing this season as well, and like the, this is a team that sat was it, over two hundred and forty days at yeah. the top of the Premier League table. It's the most days a team sat, has sat on top of the table and not gone on to win the league, which is a disappointing statistic for Arsenal fans, definitely. But I think really what it highlights is, and it's what we well, it's what, it's what you were saying all season, uh, Oran, and even Owen was saying it all season too. It was maybe a season too early for Arsenal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it did come down to recruitment. It came down to experience. um, and Credit where credit's due for Manchester City. That's where they have it in abundance. They have that good mix of experience in the likes of their captain, L. K. Gundogan and uh, De Bruyne and players like that. And then a mixture of youth in there as well with the likes of Phil Foden. Even though at points of the season we were thinking maybe he has to leave Man City but he's, he's fought his way back into the team and stuff as well. So they, they do have that good balance and that is why they're going to be a force to be reckoned with four years to come as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with Arsenal, as, as you say, Dorman, get a couple of players in this summer. Get the right players in this summer. Um, get that mixture of, of youth and experience and um, because these players, even though it is one of the youngest teams in the Premier League, they will only improve next season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it'll be tougher for them next season in terms of competing for the title because I think a lot of teams will be competing for the title next year. I think a lot of teams are going to improve this summer drastically. Um, especially under new managers or under the same managers for a couple for a couple of years or whatever. The likes of Ten Hag who's going into the second season and then potentially the likes of Potts and whoever comes in at Spurs. Um I think it will be a bit more closely contested, but yeah, Arsenal, I think they might have missed their chance, really, this season. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Obviously, well, obviously they've missed it this season, but I mean, they, they had that real opportunity to win the Premier League this season. And Do you know, that's 200 and whatever it is at the top of the table if they were to do that again. I can't say it,
1: Yeah, to be honest. yeah. No, look, definitely, lad, definitely. Well, look, moving it on from Arsenal, then going to the the top four race. Um, gonna start with Man United. Um, one 0 victors uh, away to Bournemouth. Definitely a game after you know United's recent results that they just needed to get three points on the board here. I don't think performance needed to matter here. It was just last away game of the Premier League season. Go to Bournemouth, get the job done, and look, they got the job done. Casemiro, it was a. <laughs> great finish to be mm-hmm. honest um, don't think you expect that from a, a CDM that, that sort of acrobatic style finish but it was a very good goal um, look at, in terms of, of the head to head between the teams you know United had five shots on target, Bournemouth had four um, United did complete more passes, United did have more of the possession uh, but Bournemouth I actually thought even though United did have, have the, the the better share of the chances I thought Bournemouth defended really really well Um Far enough the goal, you know, it's one of those freak things where it sort of comes off Sanasi and then ends up at you know Casemiro's foot. But um, I actually did think Bournemouth stuck in the game fairly well, and I do think they give United a, a good rattle.
0: Hmm. Oh, it was a good game. Um, to be honest, I do disagree. I think it was very, very comfortable for Man United. Um, yes, there was good moments of, of defensive of, of defensive ability from from Bournemouth, but. I, there wasn't a point in that game where I was worried about the result. Apart from at the very end, when Bournemouth had that last chance. Um, but yeah, it was very, very comfortable for Man United to get the job done. As you say, performance didn't really matter. Um, and with the way that other performances went in the league this week, um, it turned out to be a crucial three points for Man United, um, who now only need a point away at, or at home to Chelsea um, to secure top four. Um but yeah, brilliant from Casemiro. He was in the right place at the right time. I thought the midfield balance was actually really good. Wasn't Bruno's best performance this, this week. Oh, definitely um, not. But look, considering how consistent he's been all season, he's allowed an off day. And it was just good that his off day came when the the other 10 players on the pitch played so well. And um, The only thing that kind of worried me a little bit, and as we've talked about in the last few weeks, and look, I'm not judging Eric Ten Hag at all, but his substitutions did kind of baffle me a wee bit this week um, after 55 minutes he took off Anthony Martial um, who I thought was actually playing really really well and he brought on Wheat who looked done all right as well but almost scored he did almost score man. but Anthony Martial was playing really really well um, and his hold up play was really good he was out of position a lot and I think that's why he might have taken him off because mm-hmm. he was coming deep to get the ball and stuff and he was always outweighed he was never in the box whenever the ball was going to be crossed in or whatever Um. So that was the only thing i I can kind of nitpick about the game, but yeah, comfortable from on united um,
2: I just thought it was a scrappy game, I thought it was you know it wasn't the greatest game of football uh they did United were comfortable in stages, I thought Kiefer Moore should have scored, um they had made a good save obviously the volley at the end uh again, as you said, you know United lost three of their last five going in that game, mm-hmm. they needed to win the game, they got the win. It was scrappy. I thought Casemiro was very, very good. We had been saying in recent weeks he hadn't been playing very well. I thought he was, he was excellent. Um, I thought, you know, Anthony wasn't great, but you know he's up and down, isn't he? Uh, I seen the video they brought out as well. on United, you know, oh, him doing a skill and getting a free kick, you know, uh, what was that about? I don't know. But uh, um, you know, for Bournemouth as well, they had lost three in a row. I thought it was a perfect game for United. Uh, they'd already been safe. I seen Gary O'Neill's coming out saying, "We're looking at recruitment already." But United's going to get top four, which Ten Hag, it's a miracle really, to be honest. I know they did spend a lot of money, but the way we started the season, the way recruitment was poor at times, you know, it took so long to get these players in. Uh, I, think, I think he's done a really, really good job. But with Casemiro, like he said after the game, he's, you know, everything about him is brilliant. His interceptions, he wins duels, he, he can head the ball, he can score great goals. Um, so if Casemiro keeps playing like that, we will get better. But again, it's, you just really want the season to be over, getting the Champions League uh, at this stage because I, didn't, I honestly didn't think United played that well. I, I, thought, I thought it was a good game for United to get. I think they're definitely going to get a point out of the next two games. I think they'll win both games. Mm-hmm. I think away from home, has seen 21 goals away from home this season, which is just not good enough. You know, they don't score enough goals. As we said, like, they're bringing on Weghorst, who nearly scored, but he doesn't score goals. Martial has, you know, he's been playing okay, but he's not scoring either. It's... United need the season to be over and recruitment to be
1: sorted very quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, look, Oren, the only reason I was saying just that I thought it was pretty like 50-50 is just I find that even now still we are very, very easily cut open. Yeah. I think, see those balls when they're sort of trickled past our full-backs? Mm. I think we're very easy caught. And I just think if that was a, a better quality of opposition, we would have really been punished well, on, on, yeah. on Saturday.
2: Sancho was getting caught out.
1: He wasn't defending, he wasn't
2: helping Sure. Mm. so he was getting caught out time and time again they were just doubling up on that side that yep. would worry me too I think Sancho wasn't great either um, but like it is the end of the season we were saying this for weeks they're tired they've played how many games Like, we have played the most maybe in Europe uh, in or Europe, something yeah. so I'll cut a bit of slack but next season there's a lot of players that need to improve to be honest like Anthony Sancho boys, they need. I think we've been talking about them for weeks but I'm expecting bit better things next season
1: well, I think, you know, obviously a big talking point too. David De Gea confirmed as the Premier League Golden Glove winner. <laughs> so congrats, David. Um, we're very, very happy for you. <laughs> um, but it, it's still a talking point. You know, it's a bit strange when you're talking about a Premier League Golden Glove winner yeah. who could still potentially leave the club and doesn't fit the philosophy of the manager. So look, it's just a simple question for you, lads. Is he there next season? No,
0: I think at this stage it's it's too late. Um, I think if he had to sign that new contract a couple of months ago, yeah, 100%. But he's rejected a new contract twice from United. Mm -hmm. I think the club will lose patience, as the fans are 100% losing patience with him. Don't get me wrong, I will still stand by it. He is our best goalkeeper ever, in my opinion. Um, And I think, in terms of shot stopping, he's up there with the best in the world. But as an overall goalkeeper, he is not up there anymore. And Manchester United, if they're looking to compete for trophies... Primary Leagues, Champions Leagues, FA Cups, whatever it is, whatever competition we're in we should be competing for. Um we need an a, a
2: better all round goalkeeper. Definitely. To be honest. Do no, I agree with that because like even watching um Villa at the weekend, Martinez was brilliant in nets. The head doesn't come out for the ball, he can't pass the ball. He is a great shot stopper, and I say he's one of the best in Premier League history for shot stopping, yep. but I think a new goalkeeper is required. I do see you know Ben Foster saying stuff like, you know, you don't really It'd be better probably to get an experienced goalkeeper in instead of a young keeper because that could be. He's going to be under a lot of pressure next mm-hmm. season. So, again, I, I think De Gea will stay one more year, but I kind of. I know he's been such a club legend and he's been such a good player and he's saved us so many seasons, but I think it is time to move on.
1: Yeah. Well, look, it's definitely got to be an interesting one. To, yeah. What do you think? To def- I love him, like. So uh, do I, but I, it's
0: it's not a bass. I know, yeah. I know,
1: but maybe I look at this through like rose-tinted glasses. I, I, I never envisioned a <laughs> Man United without David De Gea, to be honest. And like I, like not that it makes me any or it makes me any more of a fan than anyone else, but like I, I don't think I'm as harsh on De Gea. I don't call him out as regular as 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 other fans do. Like I love, I really do love De Gea. I think De Gea is a wonderful goalkeeper. um so for me, if he's dead, like, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. It's like I said to you the other day, Owen, I think there are five or six problem areas that United have that are far yeah, more important true. than a goalkeeper, to be honest. Yeah. So if De Gea was to stay on for another year, two years, whatever it might be, it doesn't bother me in the no, slightest.
2: You're right about that. If we only have a small budget, I would agree with keeping De Gea because we do have other issues yeah. in other places. Yeah. So I do, And I would agree. Like I love De Hair too, but it's just as... He's such. You know, he's He's he lia- He's a liability. He is. He's such Look, a good shot is, stopper, he is, though. He he's is. such a good shot stopper that it's like, like even at the weekend, like a shot you see it from, uh, more. It's like, you feel like, oh, what a keeper! But he doesn't come for the high ball, and he's passing. It's not up to standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know. Well moving it on from the vitality. Going to go downfield. Anfield. Um, Liverpool, uh, they still have a chance of reaching the top four, even if it is only a slim chance. Um, the, the dropping of points to, at home to Aston Villa was not the result that they realistically would have wanted at the weekend, but they were absolutely dominant in, in the game. Um, Villa managed it to to nick their goal early on, but, I mean, it was one way of traffic. Like, it was Liverpool... First where, off, it wasn't. I think it was, lad. No, it wasn't. But,
2: like Villa came well, out and started were playing really, really well yeah. and then they kinda of slipped off after about the fortieth minute. Yeah. Um after Mings nearly took Gagpo's chest off. It was how that was like I don't know if you agree boys, but that has to be a red card. Oh. Hundred yeah. percent tackle. And I you know me, I do not like Liverpool, but yeah. that is definitely a red card. I thought Villa played really well in the first half. Um their midfield. Ramsey, as we keep saying every week, and McGinn Douglas and Douglas Luiz have been brilliant. I thought then in the second half Liverpool completed dictated the game and yeah. probably should have won it, but yeah. um, obviously a poor result for Liverpool, and like, Klopp's coming out after saying he's looking forward to Europa League, but I, I just don't believe that, because this is a team that was in the Champions League final last season, yeah. and now they're going to the Europa League, who would have thought that? No, I would never have said they wouldn't have made that four yeah. at the start of the year, and now they've completely, and it's because that form uh, they had after the World Cup, and then they've obviously won seven in a row, but it is crazy to think Liverpool will be in the Europa
1: League next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Look, the only reason I'm saying it's one way traffic is is because a football game is ninety minutes, yeah, that is true. Villa yeah. played well for thirty five minutes, yeah, and take that thirty five minutes out of it, it was one way traffic. Liverpool. Mm, I would say them.
0: second half, I would agree, but I think first half Villa were all over them. I think Villa could have scored three or four, and I think well, that they have scored. The, if, yeah. I think if that had scored that penalty momentum was going to be on their side Mm. Alisson made a really good save from Ramsey as
1: well you have to give him credit for that well look just looking at it here um Douglas Luiz, again, impacting games for Aston Villa. Three chances created um, and he was involved in a build-up to a shot as well. Jacob Ramsey had two shots himself and created a chance too. So, like, Louise and Ramsey in recent weeks really have yeah. stepped up for Villa. Getting uh, forward. They are. They are. And, like, when we talked about Jacob Ramsey and our Young Players to Watch episode, if you haven't already, check it out, please. Um... Jacob Ramsey. The one thing we said was he just needs to be more involved, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. higher up the pitch. And like the last, from we said that three weeks ago. For the last three weeks, he has absolutely. He's
0: been listening to the bottom of his
1: podcast, yeah, but he has. <laughs> but he's been. He has been bossing at goals, assists, yeah, really pushing um, Aston Villa forward. Um, but look, it was it had to be football poetry that Roberto oh, Firmino yeah. was was going to get the goal on his last ever um, game at Anfield for Liverpool I'm sure for Liverpool fans it is a a very sad day um, to, to see a club legend go really and I think I think he can be classed as a club yeah. legend oh, yeah. um, at Liverpool he's certainly a fan favourite as well and it, it's not that I like to see you know Liverpool pick up points but it's, it is one of those stories where you kind of go ah oh, look it's nice to see that you know he yeah. gets his farewell and his final send off yeah um much as it pains me to say that. <laughs> it was a good goal. It was a good finish from him. Um, Red ball.
0: Yeah, brilliant ball. Salah. Salah. Yeah, brilliant ball. And I think Salah's seasons went really, really underrated despite Liverpool's struggles. Salah's put up, has put up Nine, absolutely fantastic numbers. 19 goals, 11 assists. In yeah, the Premier League season. he's been absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. What I do want to say is it's a great result for Man United. It means we only need one more point to get into the top four. So Stevie, stop fucking tagging me and shit on Facebook saying <laughs> Liverpool are coming for us. A little shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I th- I did think Liverpool were going to win it, and and the, the whenever same ten minutes added on at the end of the game, I was like, "Fuck, where's this come from?" I think Tra- start Tra- was complaining there should have been more. Oh, <laughs> he's looking twenty. So, <laughs> well, um, I thought whenever I seen ten minutes coming up, I was like, "Oh, they're going to go and win it, aren't they?" Yeah, um, and the Anfield crowd was ridiculous after the goal from Firmino and all as well. Yeah. Um, but look, didn't get it done on the day, unfortunately for Liverpool that is. Um. But a, a good result for us in yeah.
2: Guaranteed, I think, top seven. Basically, no, as, if they win their last game. If they win guaranteed. their last game, yeah, you like, football. We keep saying every week, like Emery is just, as all them players we've mentioned, he's just improved everybody. Yeah. He's improved the whole team. And next season, they are going to be even better because, you know, his philosophy, as he said, he's only gotten in the last five or six games. Like, with the summer and the transfer window, they're going to be really, really good next season. 100%.
1: 100% but positive signs for, for Aston Villa mm-hmm. yeah. but moving it on then again the other game in the top 4 race Newcastle managing to secure Champions League football for the first time since 2002 2003 mm-hmm. uh, when Alan Shearer was still the captain of Newcastle United mm-hmm. so it shows you how long it's been and they didn't
2: even get in the Champions League that year they got put out in the playoffs in the playoffs yeah, yeah.
1: like they qualified but they didn't get in so yeah. right, this is the first it, it's the first real time real time they're going yeah. to be playing Champions League football in, in 20 in over 20 years yeah. so Big, big achievement for for Newcastle. Funny stat here that I have. um, So Newcastle played out seven goalless draws in the Premier League this year, the most of any side, and have still finished within the top four. Um, It is absolutely crazy. But look, Leicester, they have one more game to try and get it done and try and stay in the Premier League. But look, the game itself, Newcastle 2.1 xG to Leicester's 0.1 surely that has to be the lowest, oh, or one of the lowest XG's. Yeah. Leicester
2: didn't have a shot, until the, uh, just a shot, until the 92nd minute. They just parked the bus. Big chance to. They a 5-3-2, yeah. and just were like, we're taking a draw here. And they got lucky, but they got a draw.
1: Yeah. <laughs> look, I mean, Newcastle, 23 shots. 23 shots they had. Now look, out of those 23, only four were on target, so that's not... They hit the post like three times. Yeah. So. It's, it's not a great sign for Newcastle though. Like, yeah. we had talked, like, we have big up Wilson and we have big up Isaac this, this season, but some of the chances that, that the pair of them missed the, the the other night were... Did you see Bruno's miss? The header? No. Yeah. A
2: yard out and he hit the post. He should have been right yarded. And he should have been really right yarded. Yeah. The Bruno miss was the worst. Yeah. Um, but for, like, Newcastle, obviously, they just needed a point and I think near the end they were just like, we'll take a point. And, like, Leicester almost scored at the end. Pope makes a really good save, yeah. but... Uh, just got to give credit to Newcastle because I thought they were going to fall apart and I thought Tottenham were going to get top 4 but they proved a lot of people wrong as well because um, they seemed like you know that overlap or whatever they were doing like the predictions and a lot of people went against them too so yeah. fair play to Newcastle they started scoring goals again next season they've, they've, Like it's crazy to think that they were missing Wilson for a lot of the season they draw a lot of games like what could they be if they could put the ball in the back of the net uh, and, and, and the, take their chances the yeah. you know, and they're going to improve on the team next season because you know there is a few positions where lads are playing like long stuff and all. You know there's better players out there, and uh, I seen Eddie Howe was kind of saying they'll be looking trophies next. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of disappointed. I think he's still annoyed about that <laughs> the League Cup yeah, final because yeah. he felt like they missed their chance. But uh, for Newcastle, big things ahead and like seventy points is. Is a really good total, and they're probably going to get 73. So, fantastic! Fair, fair play to them, fair play at Newcastle.
1: Well, look, it's uh, obviously the natural progression for Newcastle now would be to, to win a trophy. So, yeah. I don't think that's an outlandish thing no, to say from, no. from Eddie Howe. But just looking at it here, lads, in the attack and sequence involvements, all 10 the top 10 players in the game for attack yeah. and sequence involvement were all Newcastle yeah, players. Yeah. Uh, we have Gimarish, Trippier, Almiron all on 10, then we have Shaw on 9, Longstaff on 8. Elliot Anderson on eight, Dan Byrne on seven, Botman on six, Isaac on five, and Wilson on three. Like, it's yeah.
0: crazy that you have Fabian Shaw, who is a phenomenal centre-back, by the way, but he's yeah. so good progressively, uh, and, like, your two main strikers, who we've bigged up all season, and in fairness, more, they deserve it. Like, Callum Wilson has 18 goals and five assists in the Premier League this year. And he's only he only played 28 games. It's ridiculous, I mean, Absolutely ridiculous. Some record, like. Oh, my God, he's just... Well, we always knew he was just unbelievable striker it was just yeah. his injury record that was always going to be his hindrance but it shows how good progressively they are up the field with all yeah. their players whenever they're two strikers are yeah. the ones that have the least attacking involvement Trippier
2: as well has been brilliant all season that. Like he's just contributing so much as you said he's one of the top he won their player of the year as well he deserved it he's the best right back in the Premier League this season yeah. I think he'll be in the team of the season which is oh. fair. um just been brilliant and I think Bruno as well in midfield he's been unbelievable mm-hmm. as well like Joe Linton, Jolenton was injured for the game. Was gutted <laughs> to see he was there. If he was there, they would have won. But he's been brilliant as well. I have to say, yeah, he is yeah. a serious player as well. Yeah. Um. I don't know what's happened to him. He, he can't finish really to be fair to him. But <laughs> as a midfielder, he's just a machine. Yeah. Yeah. So he is. he's class. <laughs> he's just so good. <laughs> he, he is. <laughs> but for Leicester, it was a big result because they needed a win or they needed a point because now Everton have to win. Yeah. Instead of just Everton needing a draw, I do think Everton will draw with at least beat. Or would have at least drawn with Bournemouth, so it was a big draw. Or the manager came out, was it Craig? Was it or not Shakespeare? It's uh,
1: oh Dean Smith. Dean Smith he came
2: out after and he's basically like, they just accepted they were going to play crap football. We're not going to apologise for anything, and we're just taking a point here, and we're just going to get lucky. And Mm -hmm. they got lucky, so you got to give it them because I seen people were complaining like, oh, why didn't they try a bit more? They might have might have won the game. Nah, they just parked that bus and they just were like, we are taking a point here. Didn't start Madison. Didn't start Barnes. And I can't even argue with it because it has been that crap
1: all year. You can't, you, you know, you needed the point. They got the point. It's, it's panic stations now yeah. for Leicester, really. Yeah. So look, any by any means, that's what Mourinho used to say. By any means, mm. so look, if it's going to keep them in the Premier League, they'll they'll keep doing what they're doing. Leicester
0: fans would have bit their
1: hand off for a point at wednesday. Oh castle. yeah, exactly. So yeah. exactly. So look, you can't complain if a team play a certain way. Yeah, they yeah. still got a result out of it at exactly. the end of the day. Um, moving on then to Spurs. Um, Defeated 3-1 at home to Brentford, really just a a season of calamity for Spurs is just getting dumped on even more now, to be honest. Uh, The XG, um, believe it or not, places it at Spurs with 1.8 XG to Brentford's 1.3, so Brentford did manage to overturn that sort of that xg deficit to 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 get the better of spurs 22 shots for spurs eight on target 11 for brentford four on target 62 percent possession for spurs 38 for brentford so look your classic uh, smash and grab yeah. by, by yeah. brentford um Orin, I'll, I'll let you yeah go go about brian and burmo here
0: look it was in terms of the game itself it was fully a game of two halves um first half spurs played some of their best football. Mm-hmm. Um, even the commentators were saying, um, the fans, you wanted to hear the fans' reaction in the first half, and the commentators were saying, where's this football been all season? And it was like that. It, it was as if Ryan Mason had them playing the best football that you could... It, it was European... It, it was Champions League quality football. Standard, yeah. 100% mm-hmm. it was. Second half, obviously, Burma went and got his goal and then second half. It was, they just fell apart. Uh, Buen like we know he's a class player. Um... There was always going to be question marks whether, like Brentford see CF at the minute, the, they can still get European football after this result, but um, without Ivan Tony, it was looking a bit. Who knows what's going to happen? Whether they're just going to, you know, solidify their position of where they are at the minute, yeah. um, or whether they're going to really push for it. And second half, they were absolutely brilliant, and Brian and Bramo really did step up to the plate in the absence of Ivan Tony. Two great goals. Um, did think Forster could have done a little bit better for some of them? The defending for the first goal it was horrible. It came from a throw-in, uh, at Spurs throw-in. It came from, um, so it was it, it was awful defending. They cut right through them.
1: But second goal in Wammo,
0: he's flan. I didn't realise how fast oh, he's he was. Rapid. He is flan,
1: and he's just as quick with the ball at his feet. He, oh my god! As he is without is it. Without it. Yeah, yeah, he
0: was brilliant. And between him and. Who's our right back? Aaron Hickey? Was he playing right back? Yeah. Because I think Rico Henry was playing left back. Yeah. I think it was Aaron Hickey playing right back. Their like interchanging connections was fantastic in this game. Um and then, yeah, Johan Wissa got a goal his, I think a seventh league goal this season, um, to, to finish it off. But um Spurs had a chance to get it back to two each. Um but luck wasn't to be and uh Wissa finished off the game and a, a good result for Brentford.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird because usually Spurs don't start games well, but this game they started really well. Mm-hmm. It was their earliest goal of the season at home. Yeah. Um, what a finish, it, by the way. Oh, oh some what kick. a goal! What a finish. Oh, some freak Harry kick. Kane, twenty eight goals this year. Twenty and twenty five. He scored in twenty five different games, yeah. which is a new record. Yeah. I thought Kulusevski first half was really, really good. He's playing that like ten role. Yeah. He was superb. You know, Son should have made it. He had chances. He should have made it two 0 Lucas uh, Moore had a chance. Lucas well. Moore had a chance. Second half, Spurs just collapsed once and Bwemo scored that goal, which was a great finish. Um, Defensively, Spurs are just atrocious. You know, Sanchez and Longley and Davis was terrible. You know, uh, this third goal skip, I don't know what he was playing at. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just just such a poor second half performance um, and they were shouting Levy out and um, I can't really blame them because if that was happening at United, you'd be saying the same thing. Uh, Brentford top 10 guaranteed won more games this year than last year your boy uh, Wiza has uh, he is a good player actually because I've seen your boy Frank was saying after the game that any time Tony's not there he steps up so I don't know what they'll do in the summer because they probably will try and bring a player in but he has shown in spurts that he could be good enough to, to play for Brentford to start for Brentford I know we had said in the Canada transfer specials and stuff about players that could go to Brentford because of the ban that Tony now has but like Brentford to go to Tottenham, be outplayed in the first half, 1-0 down, without their best player, Tony, and still come back and win that game 3-1, that Mm -hmm. is some achievement. And that just shows how good a team they have been this season. And it just shows a great manager that they have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, lad. Agreed. Like, if you just even look at the attacking sequence involvements here, look, it was a bigger turnaround for some. Definitely, I, th- I thought he had a much, much better game. Um, he had three shots, he created four chances and was part of two build-up to shots. So he had he had nine attack and sequence involvements in total. That's his, uh, the most he's had this season. Um, obviously, didn't get a goal, had a very good chance to, to make it two each yeah. and, and, and couldn't convert. But in, in saying that, I thought, for, for him especially, I think uh, this game and, and the final game of the season for Spurs, if he can... Maybe do something within these games if he can get an assist or a goal or something. It might just bring the confidence back up for next season because look, he has been one of the biggest disappointments this season. No doubt about it. And he knows it. He 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 knows it himself. Yeah, like he knows it himself. But listen, Son's still a world class player. Yeah, he is, and I do have faith that next season he will be back at his best. I think that this is just a blip. But for Spurs in general, next season it's going to be difficult. See, uh, uh Slot is the uh, the rumored yeah, favorite for for the job at the minute. Who is a good manager, yeah. And I think could come in there and really. one thing Slot's very good at is uh, youth development, and I, I really think that's maybe where Spurs need to look at and focus on because if they're not going to spend the money in the transfer windows that the other clubs around them spend, then youth is probably their best avenue at rebuilding a, a Champions League quality side. Yeah. I still don't think Harry Kane's going to be there next season though I do fully think uh, Kane will be at Manchester United next year well I'm I'm hoping and I'm praying that Harry Kane will be at Manchester <laughs> United next year um, and, and without Kane it's it's going to be a big big struggle for, for Spurs next yeah. season With
2: Tottenham you obviously watch them more than us but I would honestly be very very worried because I think there's so many teams are are going to go ahead of them and I think they could go into a position I know they have a great stadium and the great at least but they're not going to spend the money. I know they're going to go through youth, but they're going to lose Cain, Kuliseski. He's kind of been rumoured to leave. Yep. I think, and they're defensively woeful. They have no mm-hmm. goalkeeper. I would be really worried about Spurs next season. I don't see them. Like, they're probably not going to come top seven. I, I think they'll be lucky to get top eight next year.
0: <sighs> Big call, boy.
2: Not even. They're just terrible. Unless they get a good manager in and he just transforms the club, which is, again, it's going to be very difficult to do. Again, if they lose Kian. They have Son. I know that. If they lose Koleszewski, Richardson's been a flop. It's just been such a bad season, and their centre backs are just yeah, awful. Dyer, yeah, yeah. Longley, Sanchez. You know, they are plenty of us. Sometimes there, he's left back as well, but he's been he's not good enough. Yeah, Romero's sk- a liability. Skip's okay in midfield, but Basuma's been brutal. He mm-hmm. was back. He's made no difference. Yeah, he was awful. The other so day. it's
1: just like for Spurs, I just, I'd be very worried if I was a Spurs fan. Yeah, definitely, lad. Definitely, I think. It'll be interesting to see over the summer what they do. Top eight is, uh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll just have to. Top eight very difficult now. It like, is like it Arsenal
2: is. finished eighth a few years ago too. Mm-hmm. It's a very tough. Like,
1: like when you look at the teams around them, like Sevilla, Brighton, Brentford, you could probably make a strong case that those yeah. teams are better.
2: Liverpool's going to get better. Yeah. You know, they're all like, I, I just don't really see them. Come on, like West Ham will probably even get better. Like, there's a lot of teams that will improve. Improve, yeah. So I'd be worried.
1: No, well, well, look, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, moving on, then, just yeah. going to run through these last games quickly, lads. Um, so Brighton, three-one uh, winners at home to Southampton. Uh, look deserve football in full flow here Evan Ferguson two goals Pascal Gross with a goal assists from McAllister Matoma and the centre back Levi Colwell mm-hmm. again another player that we talked about I in our so. young players so listen folks if you Really want to get in-depth football knowledge and uh, <laughs> learn something about players in the Premier League, and you definitely need to be, be listening to the Bottom Bens podcast. Um, look, lads, this was fairly one-sided. Sixty-three percent possession for Brighton to Southampton's thirty-seven. Eight shots on target to one shot on target. It was complete and utter domination, really, from from minute one to minute ninety. For see, i ain't going to disagree again. Oh mate, are you going to say? Know, about I, wa- the goal? I watched. I watched
0: the whole game, and I think that the them stats are just they're portraying a, a different picture than what actually happened. Like, Southampton had made a two each. Yeah. And it was disallowed. And in that spell of... I know, look, I'm not saying it wasn't domination the entire game because Brighton were by far the better team, by far the better team. But from the second half, for that first, like, 15, 20 minutes, Southampton were unreal. Mm. Unreal. And they scored two goals. Walk Cup was offside. It was a great finish as well. Pascal Gross messed up a wee bit. It was bit so tight too. Yeah. It was like an inch offside.
1: And I do. It, like, it was rightly t- offside. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the it was a great decision. decision.
0: Took it around the keeper. Oh yeah. Correct decision. Yeah. Um, marginally offside. But yeah. like 3-1 was actually quite flattering for Brighton after, just after that spell because we know what teams can do the, with a bit of momentum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, they've done what they needed to do. They're one point away from guaranteed Europa League. Um, they're guaranteed European football for the first time in their history. Evan Ferguson, 18 years of age, scored two great goals. Um, Brighton, an absolutely phenomenal team. I don't know how Levi Colwell got that assist for, for the third goal because two players went for the ball after a corner and I don't know how he got that assist. But fair play to you, Levi. You, you've got an assist in the Premier League. Um he was brilliant as well. Him and Lewis Duncan okay, were absolutely yeah, phenomenal yeah, okay. very, together. Estoupignan, again, was absolutely fantastic. He was running that defence ragged. He was up and down, up mm-hmm. and down, up and down for the, for the entirety of the game. Matoma. Matoma, Matoma. brilliant.
1: Dribbling ability is just second and yeah, all. Yeah, like.
0: seriously, seriously good footballer. Brighton are going to be a force to reckon with him in Europe next season. Yeah. Not so just in the Premier League, but in Europe they're actually going to
2: compete. i see, Nick the managers coming out and saying they want to try and keep McAllister and players to gap, but it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um. But he knows I have to build a better squad. I think he will be given a bit of money too. Uh, the recruitment recently, like Brighton's recruitment, is mental. It's the best. Yeah. Best in the world. Matoma, like he is so good to watch. He's so good with oh. the ball at his feet. He can just breeze past players. Mm-hmm. I am very jealous because when you watch him, you're like, imagine him at United, he'd be <laughs> unbelievable. But. For play to Brighton because again who would have predicted top six this season? I think they're getting top six. I think they need a point as you said. They're going to get that point. Uh, but for Southampton actually, as you said, Owen, they actually played okay for like. Usually they're terrible, so yeah. they created a lot of chances. Yeah. Uh, I know they only had one shot or something, but that they, they did get the goal ruled offside. Yeah. They scored. They kind of were doing all right that fifteen twenty minutes, but. I have to say one thing. See that goalkeeper that, that starts for them, McCarthy? He is one of the worst keepers yeah. in Premier League history. I am sorry, lads, but <laughs> any time I watch that lad play, I've never <laughs> seen him save a shot. Like, honestly, that lad is the worst keeper. And how they dropped the other by Basuna <laughs> for him. Like, the first goal, like, Ferguson, yeah, good goal and but like, it went straight through him. Yeah. You know, uh, he's just sh- shocking. Um, <laughs> but, f- Southampton, they've got the new manager and now, again, they've got this yeah. by Martin. Martin. Which, Russell Martin or something. You know, i seen the, they were like to the manager. After the game, oh, this boy Martin's coming in. He's kind of like, what? He didn't yeah. even know it was happening. <laughs> so that just shows that. What? That's how they run. They're like, what? Um, but for something, yeah, just the need the season to be over. They haven't won a game in about 12 or something. So just, just they've been poor all season. Well, poor most of the season. So so haven't been a good team over the last 11 years, as we said before. But yeah. it's more just about Brighton. Fair play, top six. Again, play some of the best football. Pap, the game tonight will be really good to watch too. Yeah. City and... Brighton because they play the best football. Two teams play yep. the best football, so no, congrats to Brighton. And again, they're going to be good next season.
1: Do, do you know what's mild, though, about this season? I think Southampton will probably go down as one of the one of the best teams to be relegated, though. Like in terms of squad. In terms of squad. I, now, don't get me wrong. Leicester I know obviously, as well, and Leicester too. I, like, don't get me wrong. I know in terms of football play, it's not great to be honest. Yeah. But in terms of actual players within the team, you're probably looking at like the likes of Leicester and Southampton and going, well, they're really good teams though mm, to be. Uh, to be relegated from the Premier League, so, so it's Don, it's just shows, better is yeah. isn't it? The Premier League, the squads are getting That's better, as much well. stronger. Yeah.
0: So, especially on paper, though, as well. Yeah. Like, in Furnace, Southampton are still relying on Theo Walcott, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Alan Uzi scored, Alan Uzi scored, it was a good yeah. goal, too. It was, um, <laughs> but like, when they've got the likes of Kemaline Suleimano on the bench, they had that or not, oh, Nacho by on yeah. the bench as well. who... Pumps it, who was mm. pumping them in in the Belgian league mm-hmm. for years yeah. and
1: years but you know the Vorprys, Lavia Balikacar, what do you call the other striker Salisu, yeah, the Argentinian uh, Alcaraz, Alcaraz. 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 Yeah. He, he is a bit of talent like, yeah. you can tell
2: he's decent I think again they done it too late didn't they they signed the players at the end of January mm-hmm. it was too little too late and they changed their manager so it was just a complete yeah, it show to, to yeah call, it it call it what it is like,
1: yeah. well look moving on lads. London Stadium West Ham victorious over Leeds uh, 3-1 um, hopefully that's Leeds going down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, Leeds took the early lead, but really after they got the goal, West Ham just stamped their authority yeah. on the game, did what they had to do. Jared Bowen, goal and assist. Very impressive performance from him. Looks to be back to the levels that he was playing at last mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm, yep. uh, Declan Rice, another p- impressive performance as well. He's definitely putting himself in the shop window yep, um, on the for the summer. Yeah, he's
2: getting a bit better over the last few months, yeah, so I Wonder why that is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, look,
1: in terms of West Ham lads, look, we we have said it all season. M- maybe a managerial change um, and some good recruitment in the summer will push them right back up the table again. I see one though; they're 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 going to keep him if he wants to stay. Looks like it. Yeah,
0: and he's kind of turned it why? around.
1: But does he want to stay though? You know,
2: where
0: would he get better? Do you know what I mean?
1: I I, I, I do see, agree I could with see you. Him I, just walking away though.
2: But I see, I yeah, agree with you. I do think if they win that trophy, the Conference, the conference league, league, that'll league, that'll be a yeah. good way to go and then get a new manager in. To play uh, maybe Europa a bit League better football. football? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the way I would think of it.
0: I, from from a like board perspective, I'd be looking at a new manager. Yeah. But if I was David Moyes, I don't think I would leave unless I was just going to retire. Yeah. I wouldn't be leaving looking at another job whenever I've got a European final mm-hmm. and potentially Europa League football next year from one of your worst league campaigns ever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, he did that podcast with uh, the that C, uh, Diary of a CEO yeah. with uh, Stephen Bartlett. And like he said on that podcast, he didn't think he had long left as a manager. And if he wins the Conference League, a European trophy good way to go out nice. it, it yeah. would be the perfect way to sort of cap it all off and yeah. then it would allow West Ham to go and, and try and get a, a quality yeah.
2: manager he's been an underrated manager because he done so well at Everton for all those years I know United he was brutal but at West Ham he, as he said when he went to the club they were in the bottom three so Seven. he's you know he got them what was it 6th and 7th and semi-final and the semi-final of, of Europa, Europa, League. League. Europa League so he's done really really good things and they're actually starting to play a bit better and your boy Paqueta, he's he's actually starting to show Tal because yeah. like it's the third time. goal. I know he did cost like fifty million. Yeah. But the third goal he was brilliant. Yeah. And even in the conference league he's been playing really well. So and Declan Rice has been playing well in Bowen. Oh, yeah. And uh you know, West Ham do have again at the back, they're a bit older, so they're probably gonna have to recruit. There is gonna be a lot of recruitment, so a new manager maybe would be best, but for West Ham this season they've got over forty points. Um but for Leeds I think they're they're gone. Yeah. 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 You know, second half they were brutal, uh seen the lost Rodrigo and the lost Bamford, both injuries, so I don't know where any goals are gonna come from. And you know, Allardyce came in but he only had four games, so I'm not gonna really blame him, but they're 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 gone, I think. Yeah. You know, they need two results to go their way. Yeah. And a win at home. I know Spurs are not good, but it's just not it's just not gonna happen, I don't think. No. Nah.
1: Look, best thing for Leeds that day was Allardyce finding a favour on the touchline And he was bossing too. Yeah. yeah. After he done that, too, he completely, for completely collapsed. So, so yeah, <laughs> yeah great. he 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 had mentally checked out after yeah. that point. He's like, "Oh, I done a funny joke. That's me done yeah. for the exactly day, yeah. lads. That's, That's
0: nice." That's paying for a up to home. absolutely. Going, <laughs> he
1: was <bad laughs> that picture. That pay Marshall TV, please. Love. <laughs> 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 I'm bouncing. <laughs> like
2: Leeds had a good chance, sir. You think like West Ham would? have... They came out flat. West Ham and Leeds got an, a really good goal. It was a great goal by Rigo. But you thought they played on Thursday. They were going around drinking beer and all and. You know, celebrating, and they didn't get home to the next day, and they just, you know, like that was a chance for Leeds against like West Ham played that Thursday night. You thought they would have kicked on the second half. It's complete opposite. Yeah, just that just makes me think it's just it's
1: over for. Oh no, it is. It's over. It's done. It's done, and couldn't have come soon enough. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Moving on then to uh, Craven Cottage, Fulham, and Crystal Palace. Finished two each. Probably is the most one of the most even games there's been this yeah, season. Yeah. Two teams, both with eleven shots. Uh, Palace just slightly ahead in terms of the shots on target, five to four. Um, Edward with a goal. Aberetchieze getting on the assist list. Joel Ward with his first goal in about fourteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mitrovic then with, with two goals oh. as well. So good to see Mitrovic, Mitrovic back yeah. firing for Fulham. They'll be hopeful that carrying that into next season, Mitrovic will stay in this kind of form. Um, but. Look, the England squad was announced today. Eberechi Eze is part of it. And you would have to say, it's well, well deserved.
0: Two Palace players, more as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, well deserved. I think it's 11, 11 goal involvements in his last 10 games or something. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. And look, it was, this wasn't one of his more beautiful assists to Odds Edward. It was just a simple pass. A fantastic finish by Edward yeah. as well. Um, fantastic finish. Both of Mitrovic's goals were very, very good. His, his header, especially, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, good to see him back on the score sheet. Good to see Fulham playing the way they played all season, um, giving their fans a bit of a show. Um. I think it was Mitrovic's 15th goal, 14th and 15th goal of the league this season. So, fantastic. And keeping him fit and keeping his discipline right next season will be yeah. a huge, huge... Very <laughs> important. Yeah, very, very important for, for Fulham next season if they want to progress from yeah. what they did this season. But yeah, 2-2 draw... Neither team in trouble of anything. Just a good game of football. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like Fulham can come top ten. Mitrovic has been a big miss. They've been underperforming recently. He scored three goals in his last two games. Um, as you said, it was a great header. Uh Fulham maybe could have won a great save by the goalkeeper from yeah. the Willian shot. Willian again, another assist. He's been playing brilliantly this season for Fulham. I seen their manager come out and said a lot of teams or a lot of people thought we were gonna get relegated and now they're gonna maybe get top ten. I think they're 10th or 11th yeah. so you've got to give it to them and Palace you know it's a, it's a good point as well for Palace who at one stage were looking like they could be in a relegation battle mm-hmm. and now they're well above that so
1: yeah a draw, a draw is kind of fair in the end oh yeah and you'd fancy Fulham to finish above Chelsea anyway like so yeah. if we're being honest we'll, we'll two, smash two completely you know the squad of Fulham yeah. compared to the squad of Chelsea it's. we'll do brilliant. them a favour on Thursday we'll yeah. smash Chelsea talking yeah. <laughs> cheese really I did see a stat today though lads Joe Polinia has 80 uh, successful tackles in the Premier League a season the most of any player right. the closest to him in second is Pascal Strike of Leeds with 56 Jesus just highlights oh, just highlights how good of a signing Sorry, Polignia has been.
2: <laughs> Things been very good as well. That by Reid alongside him. Reid, yeah. And then the um, like by, I guess, right back, Tete. He's mm-hmm. very good too. Yeah. So, like, they've had so many performers this year, but Polignia has been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how a big team. I could see him getting linked to a big team in the Can summer because he's, what is he, 27, 28. 20, he'd, he'd be 28, it's I think. We bought Casemiro I know Casemiro was but he was 30 and he cost
0: like 60 million but you yeah. probably could get a good price for playing you so yeah up yeah, player oh, I said it in one of the early podcasts it was one of my first predictions or one of my first opinions of the week that he's the best midfielder outside of the big six the, the traditional big six that is um, and I still stand by it oh, of course there's like Bruno Gamarish and Joe Linton and boys like that but his numbers
1: speak for themselves yeah definitely definitely lad definitely and the final game of the game week then lads big relegation scrap um, well, I know sorry, Wolves are safe, like, but for in terms of Everton, this was such an important yeah. game, and really, I'd say Everton fans were clasping their bum cheeks right up until the <laughs> ninety plus minute. nine, yeah. uh, <laughs> with when that corner was swung in, Yerry Mina managed to get his head to it and yeah. Sent, yeah. sent those Everton those Everton fans in the away end a light. Mm. Um, look, this is coming right down to the wire, lads. So I just have to ask the question. Final prediction. Who is going down? Who are the other two teams that are going down, lads? Leicester and Leeds.
2: Yeah, it's Leicester and Leeds because Everton are at home last game and they're going to have the, the crowd behind them and I think they're going to get the win against Bournemouth here. Kinda yeah, I think they're on the beach. Yeah, so I would just... It would be brutal for Everton if they do not stay up in that position because yeah. they are in such a good position. Um, actually, it's funny the way the three centre-backs were all involved in the goal. That was yeah. quite, that was yeah. funny. And then... like. You have to give Keane credit because that was some touch and great pass. Europe I mean, it was. that was like a striker yeah. touch. So, yeah, but I think. He produces
0: them um, once, the points in the season. he scored that think? goal against Tottenham. Oh, really? What a I goal, know.
2: too. Like, what. You know, maybe if he, he's not the greatest defensively, but... He's
1: not even the greatest. Maybe he should be a striker. He's get not even the top. best Keane in his family. Uh, uh, no. Will Keane's probably... Yeah, probably <laughs> get him <laughs> up top. Get him up top. Yeah, like, I mean, realistically, <laughs> you could literally sign him on a contract where you pay him as he plays, as in if it's the 90 plus two and you have a yeah. corner, just yeah. whack him on Just go, like, you know what your job is. <laughs> do your job Get some sort of neck on him. He's like Shane Duffy. Yeah, yeah. Basically. you <laughs> think?
2: Do you think... Leicester leads go down yeah.
1: yeah I think Leicester yeah. leads as well lads to be honest I, I, can't, I don't see a world where Everton are playing in the championship to be honest I hope not
0: I, I do have that soft spot for Everton yeah. yeah
1: I feel it for Mincy like I just I would break his heart like part of me is like <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no 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 no. Him. Yeah. Him. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. no. But look, it, it is I think that that sort of result though shows the resilience of this Everton yeah. team under Deitch. Um, look, they do concede a lot of goals they were meant to be made def- defensively a lot better under Deitch, but that, that just hasn't been no. the case. But look, if they can stay in the Premier League this year, they ought, they will be able to spend money in the summer. He will be able to get players in that he views as what he needs for next yeah. season. So, I do think Everton's got to be alright in the long Still run. Still, they could worry about that points deduction, which could happen. But
2: And then I was just going to say about Wolves, Ruben Neves, that could be his last game for the club. For the club, yeah. So I've seen him waving there, to the fans. Yeah. I know he does it every year, but I've seen him. Yeah. seen kind of said, month. though, he says Champions League, so yeah. just give him and a Barcelona,
0: credit. I've seen Fabrizio Romano said that they've already a contract agreed with Barcelona. It's just whether. Fee or whatever can be agreed grade.
1: they can spend more Who knows what's going to happen exactly. with Barcelona exactly. in Barcelona the summer. Exactly. Well, look, that's it for the Premier League coverage. Moving on to the picks of the week uh, then, lad. Mm-hmm. Connor, who is this week's Player of the Week?
2: It's actually a really difficult one because there actually was good performances in Bwemo. Well, scored two goals, obviously Ferguson. Um, and then Mitrovic scored two goals as well. But I'm going to be a bit biased and I'm going to give it to Ferguson. He's been pre- playing brilliantly. He's only 18 years of age and it's all-around play. We talked about it again in the podcast, um, how good he was. Uh, six goals for a teenager in the Premier League, you know, out of some achievement, especially as he's not been playing all the games. Um, but he got what he deserved because I think he's just not been scoring as much recently. But his all round game has been brilliant. So, mm-hmm. two goals, brilliant performance, gets Brighton European football for the first time in their history. Yeah. You know, steps up like an 18 year old who does not look like an 18 year old. He plays like he's way older than that and a player that is very exciting and. I would love him with United but 100%. I think the best thing for him though would be to stay for another year or two you know get a get right, that game time a bit more yeah but see developly. we were
0: talking about this last night do you not think it would make more sense for a big club say like Manchester United to sign him now and loan him back yeah definitely 100% Because at least gonna, a year at a year. least a year yeah especially playing European football yep definitely because he'll get so many minutes no I, I would agree with that I think it's not football manager as well no, so it's probably yeah. not
2: going to happen do you know what I mean but yeah. Because then Brighton might be like, no, nah, we don't want that. Because if he goes and scores 20 goals yeah. in the Premier League next year, he's going to cost a lot more money. Yeah. So it's just like... But it's it, hard, yeah. yeah. But yeah. a great player. And it's good to see like a good Irish player as well. Because it's been a while. So Committed his
1: future to Ireland as well, yeah. which was good to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great to see. Yeah. Great to see. Um, look, he is a, he's a fabulous footballer. There's no point in saying other ways. He, yeah. he is very, very good player. And it's like you said, Connor. he does play like he's older than what he actually yeah. is. Look, he really reminds me of Harry Keane. Such a
0: mature striker for his age. Yeah. I yeah.
1: I just think the way he plays, back to goal, drops deep, can pick up the ball, very comfortable on the ball yeah, as yeah. well, to me, it does just remind me of how he came. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: Sky Sports done like a, it was like a video package on him yesterday, I seen it, um, and they went back to his old club and they went to Bohemians and stuff in, in Dublin, and uh, he was a midfielder, all his youth career, he was a midfielder, and I say all his youth career, he's still only bloody eighteen. 18. You know yeah, I mean? So for the last three, four, five years, minus last year, he had been a midfielder. So that's why he's so good on the ball. That's why he comes deep to get the ball. Yeah, he's gonna be. But he's the yeah. heir to the throne, I think, of of yeah. he mm-hmm. He's the heir to the throne. But you were saying like he's he is eighteen, but
2: he's basically been playing playing for Bohemians from his fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. And I see, you see the highlights even he played like Chelsea in a friendly and he was running game. through them. Yeah. So it just shows like he has been playing for four or five years at a. Not, not a high level but I like get a decent level professional so, level it's professional level so yeah. you know
1: I can just he's just going to be an unbelievable player if he mm-hmm. can stay fit 100% 100% uh, my fantasy pick of the week lads it's uh, really really difficult to be honest because it's the last game week yeah. and normally teams do just sort of throw kids out and stuff so I really don't know where to put me a Langa. Come on. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do that, lad. <laughs> I've had some wild shots this year. But, but Alanga, no, I have to draw the line there. Um I'm actually gonna go for Douglas Louise. Oh, nice. I think Villa will still be trying to push to to try and cement a European yeah, place. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. gonna go strong. And I think just the way that Louise has been playing recently, he has been absolutely phenomenal. So I'm gonna go Douglas Louise. Yeah,
0: good shade. Good shade. Good shade. Uh, my opinion of the week um, kind of touched on it last week um, was going to touch on it when we were talking about Spurs it is about Spurs um, and I think that they need to sign David Rea this summer that's my opinion of the week I think if that game against Brentford was any audition whatsoever for a club like Tottenham Hotspur to be signing David Rea that was it David Rea made two world class saves against Son um, to, to stop them from going 2-2 and um, his distribution, his first touch, his composure on the ball—everything was just phenomenal the other day. And I know that comes with the system that Brentford play as well. However, with the goalkeeping situation that Tottenham have, Hugo Lloris will leave this summer. Fraser Forster is not good enough to be a number one goalkeeper in the Premier League. He is good enough to be the second choice. That's fair enough. But he's old as well. You can't be relying on him for an entire season. They need to say David Raya, who's leaving Brentford. Look, we did say he's going to cost about forty million. Personally, I don't think he's worth the forty million. But I think for Spurs, he would definitely be worth that forty million, um, because it's an investment. He's twenty seven. Um, you're still getting in the Premier League if he's, if he's to stay at Spurs, you're getting at least six, seven, eight years. I don't know at a top class level. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my opinion of the week is that if there's any transfer that needs to be made for uh, Spurs this so- this summer, given this is in in a hypothetical sense where Hurricane maybe doesn't leave or whatever, I think goalkeeper needs to be addressed first and foremost
1: for Spurs this season and David Ray I think is, is the number one man that needs to go in there 100% look, goalkeeper is one of those problem areas for Spurs definitely and um, I think yeah, a lot of it will come down to who leaves and who stays this summer, definitely. But uh, goalkeeper has been a problem area for Spurs really for the last two seasons, and it needs to be rectified this summer. Yep, Hugo Lloris, definitely, I think is is going to be on his way out um this summer. A good servant to Spurs, um, was a good club captain for them, and I think a lot of Spurs fans will be sad that you know Hugo Lloris will will be leaving the club. But listen, Raya, uh, good 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 goalkeeper. Very good with the ball at his feet, uh, good shot stopper. He is the modern goalkeeper, really. So he is he uh, he is going to be an upgrade on yeah. on Larice. Well, the way Larice is currently playing, he's definitely an upgrade. So um, yeah, I would say it would make sense for Spurs. It's yeah. going to make sense for a lot of teams to go for ra- yeah, Realistically, yeah. this summer, and I do think the Premier League is where he wants to play. He will stay in the Premier League. Um, it's it's it is just a, a lofty fee, really, when you yeah. think about it. Like
2: especially as he wants to leave, but I would agree with you lads that he is. A top, top keeper. And the last few years in the Premier League, he has been very, very good. Obviously, distribution, saving, shots. Uh, the question would be would he want to go to Spurs? I know Spurs are better than Brentford, but is it that huge of an upgrade? Is my question. I know. It,
0: I think there's more chance of you getting European football at Spurs than there is at Brentford, to be honest.
2: Yeah, but it's just more like if I can see bigger teams maybe coming in for him, even like mm. abroad, he might stay in the Premier League, but I, I think he would want to play. European football the next season, hmm. um, but I think forty million if they're willing to pay it. I don't. Th- would Spurs pay that much for a goalkeeper as well? This is the question. I think Spurs should go for him, but it's just more will it happen?
0: Well, that's true. That's true. No. But yeah, they need to invest. They definitely need a new goalkeeper. Anyway. And in terms of goalkeepers, you're not going to get someone of that quality no. much cheaper anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, especially with Premier League proven ability. Yeah. Um, so for me, if I was Spurs, like. Obviously, I've said on a personal level, 40 million I do think is a bit excessive for him, but if it was Spurs, I think 40 million could turn out to be a really good investment. Yeah, if honest. it's over the next 10 years, if yeah. he
2: plays like Lloris, they bought Lloris for a bigger fee for a goalkeeper yeah. at the time, but yeah. he has been good for eight or nine years. I know he's fallen off the last few years, but yeah, yeah 27, 28 for a goalkeeper is youngish now, anyway. Um, but it's just going to be a question if he wants to go to Spurs because he might have other options. It's true. But £40 million will put a lot of people off, I think, because that is,
1: especially for a goalkeeper that's looking to leave, yeah, is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Look, it'll be an interesting saga this summer, so yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening, as always, and thank you for your continued support um, on the podcast. Um, we have hit a couple more personal milestones this week alone. We were up and around 10k views just for this week on, on, on all of our socials. So, listen, thank you, thank you for consistently supporting us and consistently giving us a watch. Um, as always, you can find us on the Parlay Sports app. That's P-R-L-Y Sports on the Apple App Store, where you can jump in and join the footballing conversation. Our Twitter, Instagram and TikTok handle is at Bottom Pod. So please head on over to those platforms, give us a follow. And as always, keep a bottom bins. Keep a bottom bins. Keep it bottom bins.